abundance in any area of your life, whether it's in your spirit, your soul, or in your body, or materially, or financially, anything naturally. It's just like any other gift of God's grace. It has to be received by faith. Everything God is and all that God does through Jesus, it's grace. That's how you recognize grace. Grace itself is a gift. That's what the word literally means. And every gift that God gives us through Jesus is recognized as grace. Salvation is the simplest example of that. That is a gift of God's grace, which means you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. God gave it to you, but it still had to be received. How? By faith. God has given this gift of his grace to all men all over the world. So why isn't everybody walking in it? Because it takes faith to receive it. And everything God gives by grace has to be laid hold of and received by faith. The gift of his Holy Spirit. That's a gift of grace. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You didn't fill out any paperwork. You didn't check any boxes. The Holy Ghost was a gift to you. And it's a gift of grace. But there's many people, even Christian people, church-going people, not walking every day of their lives in the power of the Holy Ghost. Haven't received the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence and manifestation of speaking in other tongues and, and having that power come on them to witness and the, the power to live life and the power to be directed. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Many believers are not walking in that because that gift has to be laid hold of and received, how? By faith. By faith. And many people are just waiting for something to fall on them. Well, if God wants to save me, he'll save me. That's not how it works. He has saved you. You got to speak back. You got to respond to it in faith. All that to say, every good thing, every gift of God's grace has to be received by faith, including his plan to prosper us. Prosperity, which we know in this church, belongs to us in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. That's what we call whole life prosperity. But it all has to be received by faith. People are guilty of saying, well, you know, God willing, he'll provide. But you know, he provides for some, he doesn't for others. They do this where healing's concerned. Healing, healing of the physical body is what? It's grace. Somebody say it. It's grace. grace. I need you to shout it. It's grace. It's grace. Now, why do I have you shout that? Because y'all are sleepy a little bit. <laughs> you need to wake yourselves and each other up. Say it again. It's grace. grace. It's grace. The healing power of God that's available to us through and by the stripes of Jesus that he took on his back. It's grace that has to be received by faith, by faith. And yet there are people going, well, we know God can heal. We know he has the power to heal, but we don't know if he's willing to. And some he's willing to heal and others he's not willing to heal. But, whoa, look at the size of that thing. <laughs> Feel free to kill it if it lands on you. Everybody listening to the podcast right now is like, what is going on? <laughs> Did you kill it? Praise God. Well done, man fly, you had to die. <laughs> Every good thing has got to be received by faith. 
And if it all were just up to the mysterious will of God, then there would be no faith. How could you have faith in a God that you don't know if he wants to save you? You don't know if he wants to heal you? You don't know if he wants to give you the Holy Spirit? You don't know if he wants to prosper you? There, there could be no faith. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. And one person said it like this. F.F. F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, said, Faith begins where the will of God is known. That's where faith starts. It's where you know what God's will is for you. And when it comes to receiving this gift of His grace that prospers us, spirit, soul, body, materially, financially, and in every area of our life, it is grace that's got to be received by faith, but how can you have faith for it if you don't even know if God wants you to have it? So what we're going to have to do right now here today, before we step over into any of this for the rest of this month, is we're going to have to get some stuff settled. We're going to have to get some things established and settled in our lives and some things we don't question any longer. Some things about God we do not doubt ever again. Because if we're going to truly be in faith for him to prosper us and to see the kind of abundance that we believe he wants for us, we're going to have to be persuaded that it's his will for us. And that's what the Bible said about Abraham. You remember this from Romans chapter 4? It said there came a point where Abraham was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham was convinced of two things. He was convinced that God was willing and God was able. And he was fully persuaded of it. Fully. Fully. What does fully mean? All the way to the top. Fully persuaded. And that's the way we're going to have to be in our faith. Fully persuaded. I mean, if, if you were and are born again, how'd you get that way? Because at some point, you got fully persuaded, God wants to save me. Is there anybody in here that would raise a hand and, and say, you are fully persuaded it's his will to heal? Yes. Look at that, hands all over this room. You are fully persuaded. In other words, you can't be talked out of it. In other words, people can't convince you of anything else other than my God wants me well. He wants me whole. He wants me strong. And this is what it means to be fully persuaded is you can't be talked out of it. And this is the place we have got to come to in our lives concerning his prosperity and his abundance. In Colossians, we've already been there today. Let's look at this also in chapter one. Verse 9 says, For this reason, Paul writing to this church, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is a prayer that Paul is praying, and we would all agree he's praying it at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the good thing about praying what the Spirit of God wants you to pray you know that this is a prayer God wants to answer. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to pray a prayer that God doesn't want to answer. 
And if you truly believe that every word in this book is spirit inspired, then you have to agree that this prayer he says he's praying is one that's being led and inspired by the spirit of God. Why would the Spirit of God inspire him to pray that these people would be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Why would God lead somebody to pray that somebody else would be filled with the knowledge of his will? Why? Because God wants to fill them with the knowledge of his will. Can you see that connection there? Why would the Spirit of God lead him to pray that? Because that's what God wants to do. And, and listen, let's just be honest. There are some people you want praying for you. And if you could have made a short list of people in your life, I want this one praying for me, I think the Apostle Paul might have been somewhere on that list, right? Well, here we have these words recorded for all men for all time, which includes you and me. So he's praying just as much for us, praise God, as he was for that church all the way back then. The Spirit of God is still leading us to pray that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is what your pastors are praying for you all the time. Father, we pray over the church family, and I'm asking you today to fill them with the knowledge of your will. The knowledge of it. Now he goes on to say that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Wisdom and spiritual understanding which should tell us there is a big difference between understanding something spiritually and understanding something naturally. Huge difference. Huge difference. And I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but if you keep walking with God, there will come times and experiences in your life where you get it. You understand something spiritually. All the while your head's going, huh? What? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't get it. But your heart, your spirit's just coming alive and it's going, shut up, you'll get it later. <laughs> what is that? That's understanding something spiritually. When you hear the word of God and you're going, that's it. That's my answer. That's what I needed. That's the answer to the problem. That's the solution. Oh, praise God. And like I said, your head's going, what, what, what? Tell me, tell me, I don't get it. Your spirit is alive. Your spirit's alive. That's understanding something spiritually. But he's praying for these people and praying for us that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. If you are filled with the knowledge of his will, how much room is there left in you for anything else? None. Because you're full. You are full of the knowledge of his will. This is the prayer he's praying then. It's the prayer we're praying now. Why am I saying this to you? Because when it comes to being able to release faith, use our faith, step and walk by faith, we have to be fully persuaded of some things. Because if you're not fully persuaded or if you're not filled with the knowledge of his will, that means there's still some room in you for some doubt there's still some room in you for some unbelief. There's still some room in your life that you can still be talked out of something. And this is where many people are failing to receive from God. They hear something, something preached. They hear the word and they think, man, that's good. Praise God, I believe that. And then it's met with some confrontation. 
it's met with some disagreement, either through, you know, unbelieving family or unbelieving friends or people who don't quite think that way, or it's met with a, an opposing set of circumstances that are there just for one reason, to try to talk you out of what you said you believe. But there comes a point. There comes a point, it doesn't happen in one day, it doesn't happen overnight. You go back to what we talked about for the last several weeks, it happens as you walk in it. That you become so fully persuaded that nobody can talk you out of it. No unbelieving family member, friend, co-worker, no symptom, no set of circumstances, nothing can talk you out of what you believe about your God and what His will is for your life. Now, you've already come to that place in salvation, haven't you? In other words, I dare say that nobody could come up to any one of you in this room who are born again and talk you out of that. Nobody could talk you out of that. Nobody could, could talk enough to convince you that God may or may not love you, may or may not want you saved. You may not be one of the ones he's willing to save. See, you're fully persuaded. You hear that and you think, sorry, man, you came too late for me. I'm saved and I love being saved and I'm saved today and I'll be saved tomorrow and I'll be saved for all of eternity and I'm going to stand in front of Jesus on one day in eternity and he's going to say, I love you and I'm going to say, I love you too, Jesus. And, 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 and he's going to say, you saved, get on in here. And oh, you can't talk me out of it. You can't talk me out of it. I said, you can't talk me out of it. What about your healing? Do you realize that symptoms of sickness in your life are just there trying to talk and baby, do they talk. They talk loud, don't they? They're trying to talk, talk you out of what you believe. Now, you can say, I believe God is good and I believe God heals and, and I know these scriptures on healing and by his stripes I'm healed and I'm redeemed from the curse and, and all that. But when symptoms of sickness and disease show up and you start thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not his will. Maybe he doesn't want everybody healed, then what you know is you're not yet full. There's still some room to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Is it okay that I pray that over you? That you would be so fully persuaded that there's not room in you left for anything else. No more room for doubt no more room for unbelief, no more room for questioning his goodness or his love. You are fully persuaded of his will for your life, the knowledge of his will. So the question is, where do we get it? If we want to be fully persuaded, and if we can know his will, great. How? Where do I go to get that information? Hmm? How do I get full of the knowledge of the will of God for my life? Well, you got to start with this very simple question and answer it. Does God want you to know his will? You're nodding your head, yes, but do you realize how different that makes you from much of the rest of the body of Christ all over the world? There are many people in church this morning that would fight you on that and that would tell you that the will of God 
is too mysterious, it's too unknowable for us mere mortals to ever know or have or walk in. There are many people that believe that. And if you believe that, then you cannot have faith. You can have strong desire. You can have some wishful thinking. But unless and until you know the will of God, you will never confidently say anything about him. And there are people in church this morning who believe that about God's will. Too mysterious, too unknowable. His ways are too high. His thoughts are too high. So why even try? And yes, he did say that. My ways are higher than your ways. Yes, he did say my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But if you go back and look at that, you'll find out he didn't say that as a way or a means of setting a limitation. He said it as an invitation. He said it as an invitation to come on up. My ways are higher, so why don't you come up to them? My thoughts are higher, so start thinking these. It's not a limitation on us. It's an invitation to us to come up to his ways, his ways of thinking, his ways of speaking, his ways of living. So if we're going to be filled with the knowledge of his will, where do we go to get it? Let me tell you where you don't go. Can we start with that? Where you don't go is the traditions of men. And yet this is where many people are determining the will of God from tradition. But Jesus warned people about tradition. Did he not? He told these Pharisees, don't you love his boldness? He looked at the most religious people of that day, the so-called know-it-alls. Anybody know a know-it-all? You don't have to raise your hand, especially if they're like sitting by you or something. But we've all experienced know-it-alls. Can I tell you the only thing worse than a know-it-all? A spiritual know-it-all. They're the worst, man. They are the worst. I've met a few of them online. Um, but they are no fun at all. And Jesus took a real bold approach with the spiritual know-it-alls of the day. And he told them, he said, you have made the word of God of no effect. And you did it through your tradition. In other words, they had taken tradition which is just simply, simply something that's handed from one person to another, from one generation to the next. And they took those traditions and they elevated those traditions so high that they quit paying attention to what God actually said about it. And Jesus said, you guys, you spiritual know-it-alls, y'all have taken, I think he said y'all, y'all have taken <laughs> all the power out of the word of God. You have made it of no effect just through your tradition. And there are traditions of men concerning the will of God. And this family is what you and I are up against in this, in this culture and in this religious culture. More than anything else, we are, we are fighting, we are running up against the traditions of men. There are people that believe things about God that they got from mama, her mama, daddy's daddy, traditions that they have accepted as truth. And they have made decisions concerning God, his character, and his will, not based on anything but those traditions. 
You can't go to the tradition. I said, you can't go to the tradition to find out what his will is. Mark 7, 13, that same account, Jesus said, you've made the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down and many such things you do. He was talking to them about their giving. He was just using one example, but he was saying, you are doing this in so many different places in people's lives. You have replaced the word with tradition. Let me tell you where else you can't go to find the will of God. Somebody's experience or the lack thereof. And yet this is where people are drawing the determination of what God's will is for them and for everybody else, they use somebody's experience or somebody's lack of experience. In much the same way, people are basically just looking around and you say, well, what's the will of God? And they just point to anything going on and say, well, it's happening. It must be God's will. In other words, they say that there's nothing that happens in this world on this planet that's not God's will. And you're sitting there going, well, yeah, right? But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days, which we're living in, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Can I tell you what it didn't say? That in the last days, perilous times will come because God willed it. Perilous times are coming and we're living in them, but that's the result of the choices of the people on the planet. All that to say that not everything is hap that's happening is, is the apparent and obvious will of God. People are using experience or lack of experience to determine what the will of God is. And someone would say, well, I know somebody that was sick and believed God for their healing and they died. Well, somebody else would say, well, I know somebody who was sick and believed God for their healing and they walked out of that hospital room well and whole and they're alive today. So they take two experiences and the determination of God's will is, well, we just don't know. They decide that because someone experienced something and somebody didn't experience something, then that must mean sometimes it's God's will and sometimes it's not. That just means some God has chosen to save and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to heal and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to fill with his Holy Spirit and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to prosper and some he hasn't. If that's the truth, I'm going home. Seriously, what are we doing here? If it's just going to happen no matter what, let's go eat. Anybody else with me on that? Because if it's, if it's up to his mysterious, unknowable will, unattainable, unreceivable will and plan, and no matter what we say or do or believe, it's going to happen. Come on. Who's with me? We could get out of here at a good time today. We could be home in time for football. I mean, seriously, let's get out of here. Because faith has nothing to do with it. That's what the tradition of men says. That's what determining the will of God based on somebody's experience or the lack thereof says. And I think today in the time that you and I are living in and in this Christian culture that we're in right now, I don't know of any other message that has been met with more resistance 
than that of the message that says God wants to prosper you. Man, it's being resisted. It's being confronted. It's being challenged. It's being mocked. But God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.